We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, February the 18th, 2020. On today's show, former Gamecocks shortstop Bobby Haney joins me as he does each and every single Tuesday to break down South Ghana's opening weekend sweep over the Holy Cross Crusaders. We'll talk about pitching, hitting, fielding, just everything that happened as South Ghana gets the sweep and starts their 2020 season 3-0. and Before we get into everything, this is a podcast sent to you by our friends over at Newground Hard Nitro Lattes. Guys, let me tell you about Newground. We had the tailgate last Friday, which thank you to everyone that came out. This drink, everyone that tasted this drink, it is absolutely amazing. Guys, I love this drink. If you're a big coffee drinker like I am, you're going to love this. They have two flavors, cafe latte and chai latte, which both have 5% alcohol. So it's enough to enjoy casually, but if you're trying to have a tailgate, you're with friends, you're at a party, you want to turn up and have a good time, these things are the way to go. Like I said before, guys, these things, they taste absolutely amazing. There's actually a reason for that. They're made with real coffee and tea, natural flavors, real sugar. They're GMO-free. You know, a lot of times when you drink an alcoholic beverage, you're having to sacrifice flavor and taste for that buzz you're looking to achieve, right? Not all alcoholic drinks taste good. We all know that. Not the case with Newground. These things taste amazing. You can really tell the difference as far as that it's made with natural flavors. When you drink it, it tastes like a natural drink, not something that's processed or made in a factory or anything like that. They actually have naturally occurring caffeine in the cafe latte flavor, or if you're more of a decaf person, you can go with the chai latte flavor. It is caffeine-free. You can find the drinks all over the southeast from South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, in any stores like Harris Teeter, Publix, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, Food Lion. Guys, if you can't find it, ask for it because they are everywhere and they're taking over the game. If you want to learn more, be sure to check them out at drinknewground.com and be sure to follow them on social media at drinknewground. Again, that's Newground Hard Nitro Lattes imported from Holland. Check them out, drinknewground.com and follow them on social media at drinknewground. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Ag South Farm Credit. Guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timberland, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a ton of great benefits, including long-term fixed rate financing for 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call patronage. They're cooperatives. So they share in their profits with their member borrowers. So guys, for example, 
on a $300,000 loan at 6.5% for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance it. Guys, whether you're buying a house this year, next year, the year after, if you're making that big-time life decision, and really in any life decision where you know, it could be stressful, strenuous, whatever. You want to make sure you have the right people in your corner, the right people on your side, the right team surrounding you, right? So we can make everything as simple as possible, especially when it comes to buying a house, whether it's you're buying your first house, your dream house, you're buying a plot of land to build a house on. You want to make sure, guys, you have the right lender. Ag South Farm Credit is that lender. They're going to hold your hand every single step of the way. They're going to take care of you, answer any questions you may have. They're going to be in your corner and on your side. One of the questions they get asked most often, the name has farm credit in it. Are you just for farmers? That's something a lot of people ask them. That's a question they get asked all the time. So not at all. Their mission is to support rural America, and that can include just about anything that involves the purchase of land. So a lot of their customers are those that just want a piece of property outside of the town they can live on. So if you have any more questions about what Ag South Farm Credit can do, give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, or visit their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. Again, that's A-G-S-O-U-T-H-F-C dot com slash T-S-U-S. Ag South and Eco Housing Lender NMLS 619-788. So again, their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S, or give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, let's get into it. on the Spurs Up show as he does each and every single Tuesday during baseball season, former Gamecock shortstop Bobby Haney. We're breaking down a full weekend. Just your overall takeaways, your initial thoughts. Again, we're talking about a team that the big storyline, I know I was talking about it, everybody was talking about it. Kingston was asked about it. Mm -hmm. Two years in a row, you lose on opening day, you come out against Holy Cross, you get a dominating 10 nothing win. And again, I think that sort of set the tone for the entire weekend. But again, Watching the series, a team in Holy Cross you should have beaten, but you take care of business. Just talk about your initial thoughts from South Carolina, uh, getting the sweep and starting the season three and up. Yeah, no, it was great. I was excited to be out there. Um, taking care of business, like you said, so, so important, especially after what happened. I forgot that they lost uh, both. Yeah, yeah his first two games. seasons, losing opening day, yeah. That's, yeah, that's not, that's not fun at all for anybody uh, and for the fans too. So good way to kick it off. Um, great pitching, great defense. And, uh, yeah, a little timely hitting. I know we took advantage of some or a lot of mistakes that uh, Holy Cross made. But, you know, we, we took care of business and we got the sweep. And that's what you, that's what you need. You, you got to have that confidence, especially we usually don't have a midweek game sometimes. Right. In the first week of the season, and we got a midweek game, you know, two midweek games this week. So, ready to go. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you, you take a look at that series. And I, and I predicted the sweep going in. You know, Holy Cross, a team that was not really that great a year ago. They had – one stud pitcher, a couple decent guys in the field. But you, you felt like going into this one that if this South Carolina team is going to have the season it wants to have, um, it, it needed to take care of business. I mean, Holy Cross, South Carolina is a much better team, top to bottom. Nobody can argue that. But in college baseball, I mean, you saw Georgia almost lose on Friday night to Richmond. I mean, college baseball, anything can happen. So definitely kudos to South Carolina, again, for taking care of business and getting this week. We're going to break it down from hitting, pitching, fielding, everything you said. I want to start – in the batter's box as far as hitting, because that is the one thing I said going into this season, Bobby, that that was what I was most anxious to see, I guess. I don't know if what, what I was most worried about is the best way to put it, but what I was most anxious to see, 
I mean, you outscore your opponent 24 to 4 over the weekend. Nobody's going to be upset about that again, but 241 average, 19 strikeouts. We saw some big home runs. I mean, you saw Wes Clark, Andrew Eister, Bryant Bowen in his first career at bat for South Carolina. You know, I I thought we saw – I thought the approaches were a lot better. You can definitely tell that the approach is different. It's more gap-to-gap line drives versus everybody just go up there and try to hit home runs. I think that benefited a guy like Noah Campbell, who I talked about. It was such a – so pivotal for him to have a good start. And, I mean, compared to last season, his start was fantastic this weekend. Hit right around 290 for the opening weekend, which isn't bad. A lot of guys having big weekends. Braylon Wimmer, a true freshman, a big weekend. But I know a lot of fans, when they look at that series, and, again, it's against Holy Cross pitching, and you're hitting 241 with 19 strikeouts. I mean, should fans be concerned about the hitting right now? I mean, what were your overall thoughts as far as just the approaches, the philosophy? I mean, and then I guess the overall results as well. No, it always takes hitters a while to catch up to the pitching. That's how it always is in, you know, spring training, big leagues, whatever. So, same thing here in college baseball as well. Coach Kingston will say the same. Um, But we got some big dudes. We got some big dudes. Eister showed, you know, he's going to be one of the power hitters. Uh, Wes Clark, great job. Uh, You know, he's got tons of power. But I feel like we got to see more from, you know, the top and the bottom. You know, we got those big guys. They're going to do their job with the home run here and there and driving guys. But I feel like. Um, Brady Allen's got to have a different mindset maybe right. this year a little bit. And I think he's in a weird spot too, though, because we yeah. talked about it a little bit off here. Like, I don't think he's a leadoff hitter. I just think – I don't think that's his best role. I mean, I think he gave you some good at-bats in that spot as far as working the count. But I, I don't know that he's a – I don't think he's a true leadoff hitter. I think more of a guy like Noah Myers would fit in that role that played on Sunday. I, I said all preseason, I think that fits, it, fits him beautifully. But, yeah, yeah I, definitely I think – some of what factors into is like you're saying is they're kind of figuring out this lineup, tinkering with different guys, putting them in different spots in the lineup, and and maybe it's going to take a couple of weekends for guys to get truly comfortable where they are. Yeah, I'm not hating on Brady, um, but you know the six, seven, eight, nine guys. That's kind of the kind of you know don't got to do too much type of hitter. But if you're a leadoff guy, you kind of have to change. Like you're changing from left field to second base. You got you got you're a different person now. You're Just a, different a whole guy. different mentality. Yes, you can't be. Yeah. I saw him taking a maybe a, a one zero or an o o hack. And it was just like he was trying to leave the yard. I mean, I would probably too if I was playing against Holy <laughs> right. Cross. But different hitter, man. I want to see a lot of middle of the field. I want to see right back at the pitcher's head, you know, to center field, line drops to center. Um, you know, even Iser going opposite field twice. Yeah. You know, a single, almost a double, and then a, a home run, obviously. It was both times. Yeah, he had a huge weekend. I mean, I, and Iser's a guy, you know, watching him when he's, you know, like you said, he had the opposite field home run where he went right center gap. Also had a pull side one, which was an absolute bomb. But when he's going right center field gap, Andrew, I mean, and that's, you could probably say that by any hitter. I mean, when they're hitting the ball opposite field, they're locked in. You're, you're seeing it well. You're, you know, you're covering both yep. sides of the plate. I, I wanted to say, too, the big thing is we're talking about hitting philosophy and just overall philosophy in general. 11 stolen bases on the weekend. I know it's Holy Cross again. I mean, I know South Carolina obviously identified a weakness with their catcher and took advantage. But I'm hoping – and, again, I'm not going to draw conclusions from the first weekend, but I'm hoping it's going to speak more so to a trend we're going to see all season that, again – Contrary to last year, this is not a team just built on the home run. It's a team that can execute the hit and run. It can play small ball. I mean, I thought you saw Noah Myers. Again, Holy Cross, you know, everybody wants to point the errors and say, you know, and they, they were they were bad. I mean, they were bad in the field. But South Carolina's guys put pressure on their defense to make plays, and they didn't execute. I remember Noah Myers specifically laying a bunt down, beats it out. There's a throwing error. I mean, that type of stuff's going to happen when you're putting pressure on the defense. So, I'm just hoping it's not just – a one weekend thing and we make this truly a trend 
moving into SEC play where, again, this is a, a team where it has a nice mixture of speed, power, being able to, you know, get them on, get them over, get them in, that type of baseball versus just the home run. Yeah, I think Coach Kingston's changing the philosophy a little bit. Um, I saw even Campbell laying down a couple of bunts. I think yeah. he's got to do that against the big-time yeah. teams, you know, just to open up, you know, get him on base and then be able to steal some bags. But, yeah, Brady's got to steal. Um, you know, Campbell's, I'm sure, probably got the green light or something like that when he gets yeah, on base. Yeah, Campbell had, uh, I think, three stolen bags on Friday. Yeah. and so, I mean, and, literally went first and second, second and third at one point. Yeah, so. and second and stealing third has <laughs> got to be almost as important. I think Brian Roberts was here, you know, whatever, whatever it was, 20 years ago. And right. he was the best in the world. His dad taught him how to, you know, steal third base, you know, with a little shuffle and go. So, that's got to be – it's got to be our game, man. It's got to be important. We can't rely on Eister and, you know, Clark to right. you know, get these guys in. So Yeah. I mean, like I said, the home run is a great thing to have. I mean, you, you know, you get it when you need it. But being, like I said, multidimensional – um, just highlighting a couple other guys. Again, Brady Allen was the one guy, you know, I did. I talked about yesterday's show, who's hot, who's not. Didn't even want to pile on necessarily because we just we talked about it pre-show. I mean, Brady gets two hits. He's hitting 300. So, it's no big deal, obviously. But, I mean, Braylon Wimmer, true freshman, his first action in a Gamecock uniform, he hits 444, four for nine. Eister was seen a beach ball at 333. George Khalil, your guy, hit 333 on the weekend, which talking to a lot of Gamecock fans at the park this weekend, he's a guy, you know, not to compare him to you too much, but if he hits over 250, fans will fans will be ecstatic if George hits over 250 for South Carolina because he's obviously a vacuum in the field, which we're going to get to in just a second. But, yeah, West Clark 300, and you kind of just go down the list. A lot of guys, a lot of different guys making, making contributions, and I think we're going to continue to see that as well. So I do want to talk about, you know, something I did not mention quite as much as I should have for sure on the show yesterday just regarding this series, Bobby, and that is – the defense and obviously you're a defensive guy I mean you were known for your glove in the field throughout your entire playing career but especially at South Carolina we were talking three games I don't care who the opponent is you play three games or really two and a half games because the third game cut the five innings but you go through a full weekend no errors I mean how, how yeah, again it doesn't matter the opponent how impressive is it for a team to go through an entire weekend and not make a single error. No, that's so hard. It's the first weekend. You know first weekend of the season, too. Yeah, yeah, you don't know how the ball's bouncing. It's cold. You know, Holy Cross had a, a lot of trouble with the wind, apparently, I've, if there was any. I, I wanted to point this out to you, bro. I've <laughs> never seen a team so bad at catching follows. <laughs> it doesn't matter what level. I've never – especially a college team. I've never seen a college team so bad at just catching a pop-up. If you're in the gym for the last couple of months, you better get to the park early and you better be hitting some sky-high yeah. bombs to your boys, to your players out there. Like, just, they didn't even have – like there was no communication. I mean, you had balls with a second baseman's back balance, so obviously right fielder's ball. He's just standing there picking his nose and right, I guess. Like, you're just crazy. Be aggressive, man. <laughs> the guy behind you has to be aggressive. If I, just, if I look behind me, Jackie was there. I knew he was going to take, take, take me out. Yeah. He was getting the ball. So was Wade or Marzilli. So, you got you to gotta be aggressive out there, just like the guy from our – Arkansas didn't call them off in the college right. world series. Yeah. And they lost the, that's it. <clears throat> Next thing you know, Oregon state two run bomb, yeah. but yeah, back on track to just amazing, amazing defense. You got the two big guys in the middle. Um, Khalil is so smooth for, it's so hard to be smooth and you're, you know, you're above or you're six foot or above. Um, and you know, some bare hand plays at third, some good catches in the outfield, but yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to do that to get your legs underneath you. It's the first weekend, especially, you know, on Sunday, too, with those bad conditions. So, hats off to the boys playing D, and it keeps us in the game. Yeah, I mean, Kingston talked about it, you know, kind of wrapping up the series was, I mean, and you know, if you have elite pitching and elite defense, 
you just need your hitting. Just you're going to win a lot of ball games. I mean, 2010, for example, any any team that wins championships, if you have elite pitching and elite defense, you're going to have a chance every time you go out, and you're going to be a really really good baseball team. I mean, that was the thing that really impressed me the most defensively was, you know, there were a lot of opportunities for errors. I mean, there were a lot of tough mm-hmm. plays that are. I mean, I, we you know we were talking about again off air. You know, Brennan Malone was nice at third, but obviously he's dealing with the hip flexor. So, Jeff Heinrich comes in. And I mean, this dude is making just barehanded throws over to first, you know, Hard. with the glove, you know, running throws to first right on the money. Then you have Braylon Wimmer at second that, I mean, he introduced himself to South Carolina fans immediately on Friday night with a couple of, you know, diving plays in the hole, which my biggest thing with him coming into this weekend and probably throughout the season, we'll kind of just see how it plays out with him. But I like Wimmer a lot. The biggest thing I saw from him in scrimmages, and I'm sure you've seen this a lot from guys you've played with, maybe yourself you went through this, but, like, he had the tendency to make the spectacular play, but then the easy play sort of struck, yeah. like almost overthink it a little bit. Yeah. I thought he was – I don't know. He flushed that on Friday. It was beautiful. I mean, he had some fantastic diving plays in the hole. I mean, like I said, introduced himself to Gamecock fans. And then one play that sticks out to me on Saturday, Noah Myers comes in as a defensive replacement. And, I mean, folks, if you missed this, I, you know, I'm sure you were watching. I, it, Brett Carey gives up a ball right center gap near the national championship logo in that right center gap past the track. And, I, I mean, Noah Myers goes from a standard center field position to run this ball down in right center field. Almost gets under. I mean, it's a liner, too. Almost gets un, pretty much gets under. I mean, a big-time play. So, I mean, there, there was – I was extremely impressed with the defense. And, again, Sunday, I mean, it's a sloppy day. Like, you have every excuse to, you know, throw the ball around. And, and this team found a way again. So, I, I definitely think it shouldn't be understated because for a team that, you know, maybe will be figuring out early on, tinkering with the lineup, you know, figuring out what their best nine is as far as that lineup is right. concerned and figuring out the bats, you know, oh, yeah. you can rely on your defense and you have good pitching. Again, you're going to give yourself a chance to win every game you play in, basically. Yeah, back to the defense, though, thing, too. You know, you got the guys making the spectacular plays. I was kind of – I feel like I was one of those guys because my once your feet stop, you know, on a ground ball right at you, you get a little – you start thinking a little bit. Right. You're you get not, anxious, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not as fluid. So, when, you, when, you're, when you're keeping your feet moving, when you're stopping or just fielding the ball on the run and spinning, you're not thinking about anything, obviously, and just, just getting rid of it. But – yeah, Noah Myers is is he's, he's a. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's, he, a, he's he's a speed guy. Like he's got to yeah. get on the bags. He's got to yeah. get on the bases. Yeah. You've got to we got to put pressure on these catchers in the SEC. You yeah. know, coming up. I know we're talking the head in the SEC, but no, I mean that's that's what it's all leading up to. I mean that's what you're using non-conference for is to get ready for that grind for sure. So I that's go back to your point though. I mean that's why I love Noah Myers in that leadoff spot. Is just he's mm-hmm. a guy that. You know, he, he's not going to be a basher or anything, but you don't need him to be a basher. You need a guy to work the count and to put pressure on the defense, like handle the bat, you know, hit the ball. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, you hear the expression, that guy hits 250 with his legs. Like, he should probably be one of those right, guys. Right. Hit the ball into the ground and just take off. I mean, I think that's the thing, too. We also – those pitchers threw seven or eight pitches, you know, mm. a lot of the bats. I know they're holy cross, but yeah. we were – no, we were. It was two two. We made life two. very tough on them. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was awesome. They were they were battling. They were fouling pitches off. Um, maybe not battling, but you know they they were down 0-2. It was two two in a heartbeat. You know, with our guys, and Brady started doing that too at the beginning. So that was that was good. Yeah, I mean, one thing I wanted to bring up too. You mentioned about George Khalil being a bigger guy. I mean, Braylon Wimmer's six four, and he's playing second base and looks yeah. good. I mean, looks good doing it. Runs like a gazelle. I mean, it's it's yeah. Last guy to be that was like uh, DJ Lemayu at LSU. Yeah. I looked over yeah. at short and I'm like, I'm like, that's the shortstop. <laughs> that's the, I, the guy's like six four, and yeah. Lemayu was he's smooth for a big guy. 
Yeah. It's again, it's just crazy. Again, I mean, you factor in, he's a true freshman and every, you know, he talked about after the series growing up, you know, wanting, watching you guys, the 10 and 11 teams and thinking to himself, he wanted to be a South Carolina Gamecock. And then, you know, to be a true freshman, you get on that stage, you're starting opening day, and then you go out there and make those plays he made, I, I thought was super, super impressive. But again, you finish the entire weekend with no errors. Everybody on the field deserves credit. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody. I mean, Absolutely. the catching, I thought the, the, the catching behind the plate, the defense was beautiful. So it's just a full team effort for sure. Um, I, I want to do, I want to move to the pitching side of things because that's pitching and defense was certainly the main highlight to me um, over the weekend. I mean, 1517 ERA. Seven walks, 31 Ks. You saw a staff, I thought, that really dominated outside of, like, two innings. Um, you had Brett Carey, which got hit around a little in that one inning, just sort of left the ball up, belt letters, and, I mean, he paid for it. But other than that, I mean, five innings, 12 strikeouts. And then right. you saw uh, a couple relievers on Saturday struggle with some control, which is obviously something Kingston has pointed at, and it's got to get fixed, which I think it will. But outside of that, I mean, Carmen Majinski just set the tone Friday night, seven innings. Um, you know, shutout baseball. Did he he looked like a Friday, true Friday ace. I mean, the fastball was 95, 96. He hit 97 to start the game. He's throwing an 89, 90-mile-an-hour cutter. Breaking ball is devastating, plus changeup. I mean, then you bring in Graham Lawson, he's throwing 95 miles an hour. And, I mean, overall, I mean, just your your overall thoughts from the pitching staff. I mean, I, I really do feel – and then, Brandon, I want to give credit, Brandon Jordan on Sunday. I mean, obviously, through all five innings of that game. And he's a guy that, you know – we talked about that Friday night you got to have that guy. Saturday and Sunday you're more so can play a seven to six game or a ten eight game or you know whatever the bats will come alive over the weekend. But uh, I'm telling you, Brandon Jordan, I, I like Brandon Jordan a lot. I mean, I said it all preseason. He's a guy that the the the, the delivery is really simple. With people, he's just got great mechanics. Throws down the zone. He throws a lot of strikes. To me, he's kind of like Brett Carey in the sense those guys are both strike throwers. And what I thought was interesting Saturday, Bobby, is like. I could almost say Brett's almost a guy that throws too many strikes sometimes. Like, he throws it too much in the – you know, that that's a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. Um, that is a thing. He throws too many strikes at times. But, again, I think it's a situation where you score five in the first inning. Like, here, just hit it. We'll, we'll, we'll play this game. Just get as – you know, be as efficient as you can. But, overall, your takeaways from the pitching, what I thought was a really successful weekend, first weekend for this Gamecocks pitching staff. Yeah, Carmen did what he had to do. But, I mean, he, he probably – he was jacked up. But you got to stay hyped for those, you know, those – I guess middle class teams, right? right. You want to call them Holy Cross, and uh, yeah, Carry Carry did his job. Um, left a couple balls up. Even his, like you said, even his uh, curveballs are just they're in they're in the middle of the plate yeah. all the time. They were I mean, Saturday, yeah. It's a great it's a great <clears throat> get me over pitch. Like great job, you got to get me over curveball. Right. But you start flipping those get me over curveballs, you know, against better teams, then right. you know different different outcome. But I think it looks like they've been pitching all year. Looks like they've been right. They look been, sharp. The stuff, like the stuff wise, look sharp. Stuff everybody, wise, everybody and did. strike throwers. You know, from even the bullpen, they're still you know hitting yeah. the corners and you know it's, it's a little straight here and there. Some of the guys that are throwing the ball fastballs, but you know, it's around the plate. So that's going to be our backbone of our team, obviously. And um, we're just waiting on the offense to you know keep clicking during the year. But yeah, the, the pitching is going to you know set the tone. I think everybody's you know holding their breath and hope you know hoping and praying that Carmen can stay healthy. Yeah, and like you said, this point in the year, like reminding everyone, the pitching is always ahead of the hitting. I mean, yeah, it's very yeah. rare that you're going to come out and score – you know, I say it's very rare you're going to come out and score 10 runs a game. We damn near did that. I mean, that's the funny part. We, we You know, you score 24 runs in a weekend. Nobody's going to complain about that. And like you said, wow, I mean, yeah. watching Carmen, I know the question you had coming into this was, you know, 
and a lot of people are saying, well, he only had three strikeouts. And you look at that game Friday night. Comes out, dominates. You get six runs in the first inning. Your job as a pitcher at that point, and you know from playing in the field behind him, like fill up the zone. The one way you can kill kill a rally or kill that type of momentum is you start walking guys and you're trying to pick corners. And then your guys are in the field on their heels because it's like, you know, keeping – I thought that was one thing, and I will say this. Holy Cross, whoever your pitching coach is should be fired, demoted, whatever, because the tempos from their pitchers were – terrible I mean it was you know again you know being in the field man when you're in the field like you love a guy that's gonna get the ball back get it back get like, on let's, the mound. let's stay on our toes let's keep it going when you have a guy up there that's just taking forever he's stepping off he's and then he's throwing balls or he's getting hit around you're just sitting yep. there in the field like you're getting lulled to sleep so I thought our guys especially Carmen again setting the tone for it I thought he did a great job throw a strike get the ball back do the same thing just repeat it every time and I, I thought that was something again after that first inning Filled up the zone a lot, let his defense work for him. And, again, when you have a defense that makes zero errors an entire weekend, let them work. They're obviously good. Let them work. So, I thought Carmen – I thought the entire staff, again, did a great job of that. Again, you had some guys on Saturday. I know Julian Bosnick, not to pick on him, but a guy that was his first appearance, I think, ever for South Carolina. So, maybe the nerves are running a little bit. Um, maybe he's jacked up. You know, Parker Coyne, the stuff looked phenomenal Saturday. Had two walks. Again, maybe he's jacked up. I mean, he was a guy hitting 94, so I'm sure he was – He's pretty fired up. But uh, I do want to talk about really quickly because it was our first time getting to see him this year was Danny Lloyd. I mean, he's going to be your closer. Comes in a situation Saturday where he does get the save. Again, it's bases loaded. You're up by five. But like Kingston said, you just want to end that game before any more damage happens. But, uh, man, Lloyd comes in, 95 with the fastball, 88 with the slider. I mean, that is – that's some big-time stuff. Yeah, you need – I don't – we're not really looking for, you know, 97, 98 from a closer. I mean, even college, 95 can get it done. Oh, yeah. But you need that slider. You yeah. need that – you need that, that slider's wipeout. devastating. You need that wipeout pitch. You know, it's not – you know, not a lot of closers are going to have change-ups, but you got to have that, you know, that devastating You can slider. live with two pitches in college as a closer. Yes, for sure. yes. You know, you got to spot your fastball, you know, even if it's that 93, 94. And he's actually got the cutter now, too. That is, that is – he did add that pitch. So cutter's great. Away on righties and then – if you got, you know, Kerstad coming in from Arkansas, right. you know, best left-handed hitter in the country, maybe cut her on him. But sliders down the way to a righty, that's going to be devastating in, in the, you know, in the eighth and ninth inning. So, you know, we're lucky to have him. For sure. So, looking ahead to this week, Bobby, again, like you said, I know when you guys were there, I don't know when this changed. Because I know last year, it was funny, we played the exact same teams. Tuesday, you got Winthrop. Wednesday, you got PC. Mm -hmm. I know you said for you guys, and I do remember this, it seemed like after that first weekend, you took a week. Yeah. You had your next weekend. Then you started playing the midweek games. Yeah. But now it's, for whatever reason, they're playing midweek games immediately. Again, you got Winthrop Tuesday at 4 o'clock at Founders. You got PC Wednesday, uh, 4 o'clock, same time, whatever. Just kind of talk about, again, you're coming off a sweep. You're feeling, you know, pretty good about yourselves. I think it was a great series in the sense that you get a lot of confidence and you feel good mm -hmm. about yourselves. But there's still a lot of things to work on. There's a lot of teachable moments for Kingston and that entire staff. And things are going to be looking to improve, obviously. but. I guess, what do you want to see from this team in the midweek? And I'll just revert it back to you, like you guys, when you were at USC. And that 2010 team, for example, undefeated in the midweek. What's the approach? What should the approach be in the midweek, especially for this team in a sense? And I guess it's sort of similar to the 2010 team where you haven't proven anything yet. I mean, what should – because I know it's, it's easy for fans especially to say, well, it's Winthrop, it's Presbyterian. We should just go out there and just beat the hell out of them. But baseball, college baseball is just not like that. That's just not how no. it works. So what should be the mentality? Like what are you looking for from this team as they approach the midweek? Well, PC is – I think they're better than 
Holy Cross, I would say. I think both these teams are better than yeah. Holy so Cross, they're for sure. so we should be jacked up right. for this, this game. This isn't this isn't a midweek game. We're twenty games in, fifteen right, games right. in the season. This is these guys are far. Who's pitching tomorrow or yeah. pitching Wednesday? He's still trying to prove his spot. There's still yeah. guys trying to prove their spot in the lineup and on the mound in the bullpen. So yeah, I don't, you're not taking this lightly at all. No, no chance. So and five and zero is going to look great going into this weekend, but. You got to dominate every pitch, every inning. Can't mm-hmm. take a pitch off. Coach Tanner would always, you know, say these games are important in the long run. At yeah. the end of the season, they're going to look at your midweek games like we did last year or the year before that, and we had all these losses racked up, mm-hmm. and it hurt us <coughs> when, when we when we went eight and twenty two in the SEC. It just it was it was automatic that we weren't going to make it. So yeah, I was going to ask you, did anything with Tanner? I'm sure not the team. I'm sure not Tanner either, but. Did anything change in the approach? Did anything the way you guys approached the game was it any different than a mid than a weekend game other than just when it was played? No, it wasn't different. But Tanner would go out there in the outfield, you know, like he does every single time before the game starts, and he would he would almost be more serious, right? Like Nick Saban is getting on the players. Right. It's Thirty-five nothing Alabama in the second quarter. He's screaming at somebody, right? Because he thinks that they're taking it lightly because they're right. playing Valparaiso mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, so. It's almost like the coach is more jacked up because he's looking at the laziness because he thinks that the 19, 20-year-old kids are going to get lazy because they're playing Presbyterian or they're playing, you know, Winthrop. But it's the last three or three, four or five years, you know, it hasn't been good in the midweek. Right. So we, we, we know we got to, you know, step it up. But everybody's, everybody's still proving their spots. So yeah. they should be jacked up. I, I definitely feel good about the midweek this week and then going throughout the season because, like you mentioned, you know, Thomas Farr getting the start tonight. I mean, you got Andy Peters on the mound Wednesday, which – if you, you know, fans probably have not seen these guys throw, but watching them in the scrimmages, I mean, these are both guys to me that, you know, that, that Sunday role is sort of fluid, right? That Sunday starter role, like if one guy starts struggling, you have other guys that can come in. If Brandon Jordan, for whatever reason, starts to struggle, I mean, these are two dudes that absolutely, in my opinion, can come in and get the job done. I think we're competing for that Sunday role in the preseason. I mean, Thomas Farr, guy that both these guys are coming back from arm injuries. So mm-hmm. that'll, and, you know, they threw all spring, so they are healthy, but, this will be their first full seasons coming back from TJ or whatever arm right. injury they had. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But I mean, Thomas Farr was a guy people were talking about. He he's sitting 95 miles an hour. Andy Peters is a guy watching him in the scrimmages. He's he's 91, 92, sort of similar to Jordan in a sense. And like you talked about, he's one of those polished JUCO guys. Right. Like he is, he doesn't like a freshman. He's a lot like Jordan, where the the delivery is real repeatable. Has a hammer. I mean, he has an absolute yeah. hammer. So when you have two guys like this. Going into midweek, I mean, I feel really, really good. You know, with all due respect to Winthrop, to PC, to whoever else you play in the midweek, these to me are two weekend arms that are yeah, getting these starts in midweek. Those two guys are coming after your Sunday job too. Yes, so don't think 100%. don't think your Sunday job is a hundred percent. Yeah, is 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 safe. But you're gonna we're gonna look to see you know the offense too. What can the offense do during these midweek games? You know, they got they're gonna throw out maybe their number ones, but. You got you got to come to play with this offense. We want to right. see what the hitters can do, and you know, keep stealing bags. But we are loaded with, like you said, polished arms. We're, yeah. It's not just. I, yeah. I think the JUCO route has certainly paid off yeah. for Kingston. In the sense of just, I mean, you take a look at the lineup, the pitching staff. It's you know, it is definitely paid off. It always sure. does. Yeah. I think you're not waiting for development. Right. These guys are these developed. guys are ready to go. Yeah, we're yeah. we're a little scared because we've never been a part of you know eight thousand, nine thousand people in the crowd and stuff like that in the high velo on the mound but we've been we've been we've been in competitive games before all over the state of florida texas california these juco guys are ready to go yeah for sure so i know i'm looking forward to it i wanted to ask you as far as reverting back to 2010 the 
who were your midweek guys? You remember the, the, the starters, the pitchers? Yeah, I, we had, I feel like that was the thing with you guys. Like, it just goes to show how deep your team is. When you go 10-0 and in the midweek, and which is, I, I think that was the record, but undefeated in the midweek, like, that truly is a testament to just, like, we are that deep, we that had, loaded in, on our staff. Yeah, we had Nolan Belcher just yeah, going to – going, Yeah, going to just he's, – he's just pumped. Up. Yeah. He wants that Sunday job. I think he got it a couple times. <laughs> Uh, Jay Brown was in the mix. He was on Sunday, mm. but uh, and he was you know one of the leaders, being a fifth year senior, so he had to go out there and, and shove. But yeah, you can't you can't take it lightly. It's, it's, it's you're disrespecting the game. It's just you can't even get that in your head. You can't you can't go to class thinking you're going to win. You can't come into the locker yeah. room thinking you're going to win. You got to play hard. Same game doesn't matter. And how about this? Get your stats up. Yeah, That's, this is yeah. this is a this is a stat game for for anybody, especially with the bats, man. You know we've all done damage and. Get a chance to do it. Yeah. It's like we were talking about in the preseason. I mean, you, you know, with all due respect to uh, to the teams you're playing in the midweek, but the SEC is not the time to get your average up. It is now. Mm-hmm. It is in the non-conference. Pad the stats, like you said. Get yourself sort of a good base to when you go into SEC. Get that confidence. I, I do want to touch on one thing you said because talking about how pivotal, and I'm sure Mark Kingston's saying that to his team, but how pivotal these midweek games are because the SEC is such a gauntlet. This year especially. I mean, you have – I think I was looking at the D1 baseball poll um, Monday morning. I think they have like seven teams in the top 15 yeah. in the country. Eight and 25. And you're playing, I think, almost all of them. So, I mean, you got to capitalize, add as many wins as you can to the resume because that's what eventually is obviously going to help your resume out. You know, maybe it's going to put you as a two, a number two versus a number three. Or maybe it's going to be the difference in right. you hosting and not. So, mm-hmm. definitely think they're important. But, obviously, we got a fun – uh, action-packed week again. Winthrop tonight, PC on Wednesday, and then uh, Northwestern coming in for the weekend. That should be a, a fun one. Four, two, and one thirty, I believe, are the start times for that one. Bobby, always a pleasure, Thanks, man. Chris. Look forward Thanks, to it man. next Tuesday. We'll break it all down. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. He's Bobby Haney. I'm Chris Phillips. We'll catch you next time on the episode of the Story.